Welcome to Bible Q&A, a monthly discussion with Luther Seminary faculty about everything you wanted to know about the Bible but were afraid to ask. I'm Katherine Schifferdecker. And I'm Eric Barreto. Today we're joined by Professor Terry Fretheim, Professor of Old Testament here at Luther Seminary. Uh, and we're talking about the question, is God affected by our prayers? Welcome, Terry. Thanks for joining us. Good to be here. Look forward to the conversation. Yeah, thanks, Terry. Uh, this is a huge topic, and um, like we say with most of these topics, uh, one uh, one article and one podcast conversation isn't going to cover it, but I think we'll get a good start on this. Um, could you talk a little bit about why you think this question is important? I mean, it's not just, I think, it's not just theological curiosities we have, but I think this gets to the re- very heart of our faith. Could you talk a little bit about why that is? be happy to do so. Uh, a couple of key questions here for me is uh, a question that has uh, um, animated me during my entire scholarly life is, what kind of God do we relate to? Uh, what kind of God is it who is active in our lives? Uh, and uh, a related question to that is, uh, what does it mean to be in a relationship with God? Uh, is this a real relationship? Uh, is it a relationship that it looks in any way like other relationships that we have? And what would be characteristic of uh, a genuine relationship with God? And one of those um, uh, areas in which uh, we would explore the topic has to do with uh, what we have to say to one another in relationship. God's soul enters into relationships in such a way that God is not the only one who has something important to say. Uh, any relationship of consequence, if it's going to be a healthy relationship, entails uh, communication of consequence. And so God, for the sake of a healthy relationship, gives us a prayer, gives us uh, an opportunity to speak within this relationship and values and honors uh, what we have to say uh, as we make our way through this ongoing conversation. Right. So, and, and you talk at the beginning of that, you know, people sometimes theorize that God has three responses, you add a fourth yeah. to our prayers. Uh, sounds like, so we, we have this two-way communication, and we look for signs that God is hearing us. And sometimes the signs are negative, right? There's a sense in which our prayers are not answered. So how do we make sense of, of that two-way communication? Yeah, uh, th- there are several ways, I think, in which God breaks through, if you will, uh, into this conversation. Uh, there, uh, I think the, maybe the, one of the primary ways in which we hear God's response is in and through other people. Uh, we need to be alert to um, uh, what uh, other people around us, particularly those close to us, are saying uh, in the aftermath of prayers which we uh, pray. And uh, be careful to listen. Uh, be careful to uh, think uh, about who it is that uh, uh, that might be speaking a word from God to us uh, with regard to the topic that we're concerned about, the issue that we're concerned about. There are uh, maybe some uh, unusual ways in which God can get through to us. Uh, one has to do with uh, our, our dreams, our uh, ways in which words come out of the blue to us. Uh, thoughts that are all of a sudden there, uh, and uh, feelings that come over us, that sweep over us, whether feelings of, uh, of uh, arrogance, ignorance, goodwill. I mean, there's a variety of ways in which God can try to get through to us, both to convict us and to uh, comfort us and respond to us. One of the distinctions that I think is helpful is to... Uh, 
uh, make a distinction between God's answers to our prayers and God's responses to our prayers. Oftentimes when we think about uh, God's answering the prayer, we have some specific uh, matter in mind that we're looking for out there that would be an answer to our prayer, a particular healing, say, or mm-hmm. a particular uh, response from an individual or a family. Uh, and one of, if we're looking too closely for answers, we may often be so specific uh, in our uh, efforts to discern answers that we miss the response. The response may be somewhat uh, uh, less closely related to what we would call an answer. And so we need to be careful to uh, be alert to uh, possible ways in which God is responding to us that don't look like answers. So perhaps not to what put God in a box and say God has to respond, has to answer in a particular way, but God's uh, response may be more than we imagine or in a different way than we imagine. Or even that we don't have to look for a burning bush or a big cloud and, and on top of a mountain, that there are sometimes more subtle ways in which God speaks to us, right? Yeah, well, insights that are all of a sudden there, just uh, or uh, uh, something that peop- other people say to us uh, that, oh, that's somehow pertinent to uh, the conversation or the situation uh, with which we're working. Uh, so, uh, I think oftentimes we're insufficiently uh, attuned to God's possible ways of getting through to us, and we're looking for matters which are too specific to the particular concern that we have, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and need to be open to uh, wider-ranging responses. Terry, uh, thank you for that. I I wonder, uh, I'm going to switch the topic a bit. Um, I'm I'm looking at your essay, and I want to get to a particular uh, question or matter uh, so you you talk a couple of times um, about God's uh, options being limited or God's self-limiting. Uh, so in one paragraph you say, uh, God is God and we are not. I think all of us can agree with that. Uh, and then a couple paragraphs down you say, even God's options are limited in view of promises made to which God will be faithful. And then later on, uh, the issue is God's relational commitments that may entail self-limiting ways of responding to evil and its effects in the world. So I I think we're getting to another question here related to prayer, and that is God's uh, power. Uh, How is God powerful, or uh, is God all-powerful? You you talk about God uh, struggling in one place here uh, and God's options being limited. Can you just expound on that a little bit, and particularly what you mean by uh, self-limiting? Okay, this is a big conversation. Yeah, it is. But one of the, the very first thing that God says to the newly created human beings in Genesis 1 is um, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, have dominion, subdue the earth. Uh, first thing God does is give these newly created human beings power. Uh, God chooses not to do everything in the world all by God's self. God says, I'm giving you a, a bunch of tasks to do and the power with which to do it. Mm-hmm. And that that... To, uh, is a self-limiting move on God's part. Uh, it already, again, in Genesis 1, uh, after six days of creation, God rests. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, okay, let the creation be what it was created to be. God pulls back mm-hmm. and doesn't interfere in the workings of the creation. Uh, the These creatures that God has brought into being are... Uh, 
uh, have uh, talents and abilities and capabilities that enable them to be what they were created to be without God being in there uh, all the time uh, micromanaging the situation. Uh, so those, that, that opening uh, material in Genesis 1 suggests God chooses to relate to us in a, in, in a way that has integrity and gives us the power, gives us uh, the ability to respond in one way or another. And so the God doesn't, uh, uh, isn't always in there kind of pushing and pulling the levers to see, make sure that everything is done just exactly what God would like things to be done. Uh, so that's, um, I think that there's a kind of freedom that God gives us uh, in creation, uh, which, give, uh, which entails for God uh, a certain constraint, a restraint in the way in which God relates to us. Um, the, uh, the other direction had to do with uh, promises that God has made. Uh, God's promises began early on in the Bible. Uh, I suppose maybe the primary one early on is the promise at the end of the flood story. Uh, I'll never do that again. Uh, and if God promises never to do that again, that uh, limits uh, to self-limitation on God's part uh, not to do something uh, into uh, the future. I will never do that again. And God will be true to God's promises. And so there's a God places on the divine self a limitation with respect to God's options relative to situations that may arise in the future, and uh, so a promise is, uh, I think, in relationship. If you're going to be true to promises, and God will be true to God's promises, uh, that means uh, a limitation of options with regard to action. God has determined not to act in such a way that would uh, call God's promises into question or break God's own promises. Uh, that's a, an act of self-limitation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, now we can't figure out uh, in each situation what does it mean for God to keep a promise. Uh, uh, we, we can't sort out these kinds of details, but just to know that in relating to the world, uh, God is going to be constrained by relationships of consequence into which God has entered. And uh, those uh, honoring of relationships, the valuing of relationships are such uh, for God uh, that that entails limitation with regard to God's possible uh, ways of acting. I, I like you have an example here about uh, uh, us uh, humanity treating the the earth in such a way, treating creation in such a way that we introduce elements that are not um, good, uh, things that cause cancer, for instance, in yeah. human beings, and uh, that strikes me as a good example of of what you're talking about. So God gives us human beings uh, some responsibility, uh, quite a bit of responsibility and freedom. To, to do things or to not do things that uh, are, are good um, and and then the consequent and then God allows those consequences of our actions to play themselves out right um, yes I think uh, um, human beings can act in such a way that the larger natural world around us is uh, negatively affected I think that I've worked in another context uh, with regard to the fact that God has created the world uh, in such a way that uh, there will be um, natural disasters. 
I don't think that natural disasters uh, are always the effect of human action or human sinfulness. I think that's built into the very structures of the world which God has created. And so, uh, but human beings can uh, intensify those negative uh, actions uh, on the part of uh, the non-human creatures. Um, But uh, yes, uh, human beings uh, will uh, live with the negative effects of their own actions. uh, And... uh, uh, God may well forgive us for the sins that we've committed, which have issued in those uh, particular negative effects, uh, but we're going to live on with the effects. Yeah. <laughs> Forgiveness yeah. doesn't cut off the effects. And I think yeah. there was a really important part of the, uh, the article that, as well is that when things like this happen, God is affected, and God cares, and God is the first one to grieve uh, when terrible things happen in the world. Um, what does that say about the character of God? Yeah. Well, I think it comes back to relationship uh, matters. Uh, God has uh, chosen to enter into relationships in such a way that uh, God is truly affected by what happens to the relationship. Uh, uh, that's, a, that's a, I think, a sign of, uh, of genuineness in the relationship that God has with us and with all other creatures, for that matter. And uh, so uh, we find again and again in these texts, uh, God is one who hears, uh, responds, uh, interacts with uh, others uh, in, in this relationship. And um, it's, it's kind of interesting to me that one of the responses, uh, ways of God being affected that m- most Christians have l- little difficulty with uh, <laughs> is, the, is divine anger, for example. Mm. Uh, God can get angry, but God can't be otherwise affected or something like that is the way in which the conversation commonly goes. But I mean, God gets angry over 500 times in the Bible, mm. uh, either actually or potentially. Uh, and that's that's God is reacting. <laughs> God is being affected by what happens in the world. You get uh, a couple of uh, Hebrew words in particular where God is provoked to anger at a particular situation. Mm-hmm. God is not angry from all eternity, uh, uh, but uh, at a, in a given situation, uh, which God experiences with those with whom God is in relationship, uh, God is, is it's affected by what has happened there, and that may be ne- a negative effect. God is provoked to anger by what has happened. One of the things I've been working on in in last couple of years is uh, God's happiness. Uh, it's remarkable the number of times in the Old Testament where God uh, is happy by what happens. Over a hundred times, uh, God delights, uh, uh, is, um, is uh, uh, happy with what in fact has occurred within this relationship so there are i think one of the uh, classical themes with regard to god has been impassibility that god cannot be affected by anything that happens in the life of the world i think that these texts uh, show us again and again that god is in fact affected by what happens to the relationship and uh, that shapes God's uh, actions in an ongoing way as God seeks to uh, relate to uh, us. This theme of prayer runs throughout the Bible. Are there particular examples of faithful people praying that jump to mind when you think about these questions? Well, I suppose uh, uh, one of the first ones in the Bible that uh, has, uh, uh, has had an impact on me is uh, 
in Exodus 32, where you get uh, Moses uh, uh, up on the mountain with God, and while uh, while they're having a conversation on the mountaintop, the people under Aaron's leadership, of all things, uh, proceed to build a golden calf, and uh, God becomes exceedingly angry at what has happened here, and uh, tells Moses, I'm going to wipe everybody out, and I'll start all over again with you. Uh, But uh, Moses refuses to accept that particular uh, word from God, even though God tells him in the one verse there, leave me alone, leave me alone, Mm -hmm. let me, in my anger. Uh, And so Moses intercedes with God and gives God reasons why God should not uh, take this particular uh, route into the future with the people. And it says then in Exodus 32, verse 14, and God, God changed his mind with regard to what he, had, what he was planning to do with the people and didn't do it. Uh, and so uh, God, it's not that that, that uh, possible action for God was never a possibility or God, oh, gee, I never thought of that before, Moses. Mm-hmm, Thank you for mm-hmm. introducing it to me. <laughs> but no, that God values what Moses has to say. God honors the relationship with, uh, which God has with Moses. And in view of the valuing of what that relationship entails, God um, responds in this positive way to what Moses is asking for. Would you say that we can still change God's mind or was Moses special? I th- I think that uh, there are nearly 40 texts in the Old Testament where God either actually changes God's mind or uh, where uh, potentially uh, it, uh, and uh, I would I would use different language I wouldn't say we change God's mind I would say we act in such a way uh, or we speak in such a way and God values it and God changes God's mind so make sure that there's a distinction I made there that that's a God, that's a move God makes. Uh, and that's, uh, but it is a kind of move that God makes in view of the ongoingness of the relationship and what happens within the relationship. Uh, so prayer is effective. Prayer um, I would affects to, God. Yeah, or, I would want to speak about the efficacy of prayer in a variety of ways. Uh, I think most of us uh, probably have minimal understandings of efficacy in prayer, but I think there are uh, a number of ways in which we need, I think, not only our is God affected, but we're affected. The relationship is affected. I think we can talk about intercession. That's a, we haven't raised that topic, where whereby we pray for other people uh, and uh, or other situations, and uh, there are there are energies which flow out of that ongoing uh, prayer encounter with God that can ripple out and affect the larger communities about which we're concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, just one more thing. I, I'm looking at the very end of your essay here. You said, uh, you know, God's will may be successfully resisted or God may be open to taking new directions. I think going back to the, the golden calf story, that's a good example. Yet never changing will be God's steadfast love for all, God's saving will for everyone, and God's faithfulness to promises made. Um we had talked before we started recording here about uh, uh, God's ultimate will, uh, or or the the ultimate um, what victory of God, if you want to use that language. That that even if God uh, self limits God's self so that um, God's options are limited here and now, there is a sense, uh, according to Scripture, right, that that in the end God's will for salvation will be uh, will come to pass. Yeah, I uh, I wish I I had um, 
greater confidence about my thinking about the future and what will be out there, what the, <laughs> what the shape of the new heaven and the new earth will be. Will God's will uh, with regard to uh, all that God would like to have happen, will that uh, uh, come to pass, come to be in every uh, respect? Um, I, I just have to sort of say, I hope that uh, God's will will get done in the end. Um, but then we get into conversations about, uh, say, hell or uh, a negative future for certain dimensions of the creation. And uh, uh, that uh, complicates the question of whether God's will will finally get done or not. Um, so uh, I've got I've got to be somewhat open ended, I think, with regard to those <laughs> possibilities. Sure. sure. Yeah. So in other well, words, it sounds like uh, a conversation that's only started now. It gets more complicated as we get deeper and deeper. But that there's something about God's character that remains steady, and um, I think we can lean and rely upon. Right. I think that, that what I tried to st- at the end uh, the, that par- uh, paragraph with is there's something about uh, God's character that is. Uh, absolutely essential in our thinking about this that god will be faithful uh god will be loving come what may uh you can count on god to uh, will the best uh for us and in every uh situation in life but as i've suggested uh there uh god's will can be rejected god's will can be successfully resisted and we have to be prepared to think more clearly about uh those uh, future possibilities in which god is involved otherwise we always if something doesn't happen according to what we pray we say god made that decision or uh, god is the one who is deciding every uh, uh f- feature of the future into which we're moving uh what we have to do what we have to say in this relationship truly counts with god and uh we need to recognize that uh uh, what we do and what we say can have genuine effects sometimes negative effects about uh about uh, such futures and god's response may well be um um, my will has been successfully resisted and God's response will, will be what tears that flow down the divine cheeks uh, at what has happened that's not what God wanted to occur hmm. well we have gone on longer than we usually do we, and just skim the surface of so much uh, and there's so much more to talk about but I suppose we, we should probably let you go Terry I just want to uh, mention to our listeners that um, to 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 read more to to learn more. Uh, uh, Terry Fretheim uh, has many books published. Uh, the latest, uh, am I right, Terry, is this Creation Untamed: yeah. The it, Bible, God, and Natural Disasters. Do you want to say something about that? And there is a there is a chapter at the end of this little book, uh, Creation Untamed, on uh, on prayer. It's uh, what what title do I give it? Uh, it's um, God, faith, and the practice of prayer. Right. Which I try to try to work through some of these details. Uh, could could be helpful along the way. Yeah. So for so for more, uh, go to that creation untamed again uh, is the name of the book from Baker, and uh, or uh, any of other uh, any other of Terry's uh, many publications. Thank you uh, for joining us Thank on you, Bible Q and A. Thank you, Terry. Thank you very much. Appreciate the conversation. Uh, You can find more information at enterthebible.org. Join us again.